All right, we're rolling so you can start it off. Oh, can I start it off? Yeah. I will start it off then. Welcome, everybody, to Podcast and Random Heroes Cheeky Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I am Jesse, also known as Random Hero. And I'm Nick, also known as Punkass. Also known as Stop Talking When I'm Talking. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to do that shenanigans thing every time now. I like it. Yeah. I can't really use falsetto voice when I'm speaking anymore. Why? I don't know. A combination of years of smoking and drinking and being stupid. Hey. I don't know. When you were a kid, were you a Catholic? No. Oh, okay. No. I just just thought I remembered you saying you were touched by a priest, but maybe I got that mixed with somebody else. Sorry. (laughs) No, that wasn't me. I wasn't Catholic. I was raised uh, Protestant. Christian. What is that? It's it's the same... I'll put it this way. You believe the same book and the same principles of Catholicism, but without most of the rigid kind of outdated dogma that comes with it, you know? How they do that prayer where it's like the peace be with you and also with you and all that stuff. You don't do that in Protestant Christianity. It, it's kind of ignoring isn't, the Pope. And isn't all it Christianity just Christianity? Well, the beliefs are, but the the thing about all religions that seems to frustrate people who aren't in them is very true of Christianity, too, and that's that there's so many different interpretations of the same material that you get entirely new offshoots from the same Bible that believe the same basic things but go about it so differently. It's It's almost like completely different religions, you know? Yeah, I just think it's funny how being Catholic's like the, you know, the rape religion, you know, <laughs> the stereotypical rape religion, you know? Well, I mean, the like if you're, molestation, uh, sure. Like, if you're going to, like, be Catholic, like, to join in, you got to, like, touch a dick or something like that. That's what I heard. Well, that that sounds to be the same thing as Scientology, <laughs> only in their case, it's specifically Tom Cruise's dick. <laughs> I would touch Tom Cruise's dick. Uh, you would, wouldn't you? I would, dude. Fucking Mission Impossible. <laughs> All right, everybody. So (laughs) this is episode two of our new podcast. Um, We are going to be covering a bunch of different topics, and today we're really excited. Um, This is being recorded on December 8th, which is a Saturday, but just a couple days ago, the the new Avengers trailer was released. Yes, it did, and I'm waiting to start it right now. Oh, so we're going to watch it on our different phones? Yeah, that's what I was saying. We need to, like, hit play at the same time. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's going to work. It's going to work. This is going to be terrible radio slash podcasting for you guys because we're going to be watching this on our phone. But what we wanted to do is watch it live so that we could give you guys fresh reactions because I I haven't been this excited for a movie in a long time. Yeah. So it should just work at the same time. Ready? (sighs) One, two, three. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are we viewing one, two, three, go? Yeah. Okay. So like one, two, three, hit it. One, two, three, hit it. Got it. Okay, ready? All right. One, two, three, hit it. Oh, Iron Man's helmet. This thing on? Hey, Miss Potts. If you find this recording, don't feel better at this. Don't feel better at this. <laughs> getting an echo here. Now, as I remember, half of the people are gone, right? Four days ago. Uh, yeah, more than half of the heroes, in fact. Uh, 
And I'm already wondering how Tony gets on this ship. Was it left? Yeah, because on... they were on the planet and they had that Spider-Man and Iron Man had that special moment, remember? Yeah, but the uh, ship they got there and crashed. They were on Titan. I don't know where they got another ship. And whose armor is That's that? That's Thanos' armor. He wasn't wearing it at the end of the last movie when it ended. Captain America crying. There's the Hulk. Looking at pictures of Ant-Man and Thor. We lost all of us. There's Jesse's boyfriend, Thor. <laughs> we lost friends. We lost family. Ooh. That's Ronin right there. Yes. I don't I don't get that. Isn't oh. that Nighthawk? We'll go over that later. I'm just going to listen to yours. And obviously they named it Endgame. I heard so many different names for it. <laughs> wow. Paul Rudd is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Holy crap. Um, that really doesn't tell us a whole lot, really, though. It's kind of just like a little teaser, I think. Well, the first trailers always are, but wow, the, there is, there's a couple of cool things in there. Seeing Ronin was amazing. So. Yeah, uh, but Ron, th that was Nighthawk, isn't it? It's Ronin. That that was uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, wasn't that? Isn't that Hawkeye? Yeah, but in the comics, um, and, and I don't know how close they're gonna play this. It it looks like the main theory is that his family probably were some of the people that got deleted from time yeah. or whatever, and uh, and so then he goes off and he kind of creates more of an anti-hero persona uh, called Ronin, which is yeah, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, wasn't he? No, that's Ronan the Accuser. Got oh, got so you. The Ronin, that's why I'm confused. Yeah, Hawkeye becomes a character called Ronin, which is R-O-N-I-N, which is the Japanese word uh, for basically a samurai without a master. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of a name that implies that he's going a little rogue, at least in his methods, if not in his actual yeah. like, plan. Um so it's most likely because something happened to, to his family or something. But I was really excited to see that in the trailer because it's been, you know, theorized and assumed but not proven until right then. So that's so, amazing. So Hawkeye turns into Ronan then. That's what happens. Or... Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's the same guy. He still doesn't have powers and he still shoots a bow and arrow. But yeah, it, there's a darker side to it. And the Ronan persona, I believe, also does a lot more like close-up fighting, like swords and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's going to be amazing to see Jeremy Renner kind of be able to be a little more brooding with that character. Yeah. In the last couple outings he's been in, he, he's almost ended up as the comic relief. And uh, Well, I've heard people talk so much shit about Hawkeye during these whole Avenger movies or whatever, because he wasn't even in the last one. Yeah. Oh, no, not that one. Because no. They, they had to try and set up... I, I think what they were doing was they were trying to set up this movie... Um, with characters like him and Ant-Man mm -hmm. to be able to be there without just being assumed that they're okay. Um, 
because they they may not have just had a very big part to play in that first half of the movie. In the comic book series, that that's kind of how it happens too. Is you keep getting introduced to more and more characters the later you get in the overall plotline of the Infinity Gauntlet, and um, and then there's you know. Could, couldn't you just like somehow look up? in the internet and try to get all these comic books together and then you'll be able to know what the ending's going to be just by reading the comic books? Well, that's the thing. Um, I have the entire... It's it's a book that's a collection of the different issues of the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Yeah. Um, so you can read that storyline cover to cover. The problem is when Marvel started the MCU, they haven't had the rights to a lot of their key characters. Fantastic Four, X-Men... Um, you know, Deadpool, a bunch of those characters, they couldn't do anything with, even Spider-Man. So they were making an, a cinematic universe without, you know, 60% of their characters. Oh. So they've changed a lot of things. Yeah, doesn't, like, Sony own some or something? Uh, like, different people own the rights to different characters. Yeah. Uh, comics weren't doing well in the 80s and 90s, I believe, is when this was happening. And so Marvel was kind of selling off the film rights to their comics just to keep the company going. Which did prove to be the right move, because without that, they may have gone under. But they've spent a long time having to try and reacquire their rights. And when Disney bought Marvel, all of a sudden, they're gonna, okay, they're going to have a deal with Fox going. That's going to bring those characters back. Yeah. Uh, Sony, you know, they're the ones who had Spider-Man, I believe. Well, that and then, like, Netflix is dropping a lot of, like, Marvel TV series because, like, that Disney-Netflix thing's coming yeah. out. Disney Plus. Yeah. Yep. I'm probably going to get that. I like watching Disney movies. Oh, and you got a kid, too. Yeah. Haven't you seen the new Aladdin trailer? Uh, I saw the teaser for yeah. it. Yeah. It, it just looks badass. That's all I'm saying. Did you like the new Lion King trailer? Yeah, that's going to be a little weird, though. It is, but I'm so excited to hear John Oliver play Zazu. He's one of my favorite comedians slash, like, journalist-style people. Uh, I watched last week tonight all the time, and he's going to be so good in that role. So who is playing Rafiki, like The Rock or something, uh, or Kevin Hart? You know it's going to be a black guy. Well. I bet you $5 Rafiki's going to be a black guy. I, you might be right, but which character is Rafiki? The fucking, the, the, the baboon. The, oh, oh, like the monkey priest? Yeah. Wow, you're just you're just going straight for the racism yep. shit tonight, aren't you? Dun, dun, dun. Tonight it's morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> we normally do these on like a Wednesday evening, but uh, our little Nicolars here wasn't feeling too well, so he had to cancel, and we rescheduled no. for today. Yeah, see what happened was I walked right into work, and then something just happened like right behind me. Some buddy i don't even know just stuck their finger right up my butt and i don't know what they had on their finger some weird well, like disease like they had you on their finger they did at some point and then right after that after i came because it was just so good when they had it up there i got sick so i don't know what happened it's just <laughs> it's just a weird oddball story and i don't want to get into it you know <laughs> Wow, that's a lot different than your first experience with uh... Yeah, haven't you ever heard milking the prostate? It's like milking a cow, just a little different, just inverted. You really need to have a higher opinion of yourself. Why? Who does that? Well, you're not a cow. I. Okay, maybe a jackal? I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So, oh man, that trailer, that, that's going to give me a lot to process, and I'm probably going to have to watch it a couple more times and circle back to it next week, just because, like, 
I, I'm not someone who looks at things super closely the first time through. I'm looking for tone and feel and just moments like that where they do the Ronin reveal. I, I just like to be present to see those. I'm not looking for every detail at first. And then you go back through a couple of times and go, okay, now what am I missing? What, well, yeah, I just, I know Captain Marvel's coming out soon. I just, I know they're going to go back in time somehow. I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to do it because people keep saying they're going to bring everybody back. Well, they're supposed to anyways. Yeah. And they, they may not bring everybody back or everyone back in the same way, but time travel is essentially their only out at this point. Yeah. And, it looks pretty convincing. I mean, so if you remember in Infinity War, when they're on Titan and Doctor Strange is looking through the futures and he sees the yeah, woman come where they win. Out of like what? Like 14 million. Some, some shit like that, yeah. And uh, and then he sacrifices the Time Stone, which he had possession of, sacrifices it, gives it to Thanos to to save Tony Stark's life and then he gets evaporated and says Endgame. And ever since he said that, that was my assumption of the title and I actually ended up being proven right for once. He says Endgame at the end of it? Yeah, he says now we're in the Endgame now when he oh. gives him the time stone. Yeah, I kept hearing like Last Avenger or Annihilation or whatever fucking rumors people were saying. Yeah, and I, I don't know. There was something about that line that made it a little obvious in my opinion um, because Endgame is also a chess tactic where you basically sacrifice your best pieces to try and go for a really good or complex check. I love playing chess. When's the last time you played chess? It's been a while. It has been. <laughs> I played it about a year ago. I had a customer at my bar challenge me to a game. She's like a, a regular's mom or something came in, challenged me to a game. I, I wasn't a big fan of this lady. She was kind of weird and annoying. Uh, but I, I told her I'd play, and I was trying to give her a chance. And I destroyed her. It wasn't a game. I, I Did you take her pawn? Did you I, pawn her? I took everything. Like I, I kind of <laughs> even let it go a little bit longer just because I wanted her to feel like she was doing better. But yeah. and I'm not a great chess player by any means. Well, that's what you usually do when you go on a first date with an ugly chick. You try to make them really feel good about themselves at first and then just gently reject them later at the end of the date. <laughs> you said from experience. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll text you good. later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not good at throwing a game, though. Like, anytime I've hung out with girls, if we're going to be at a bar and play darts or pool or something, I can't let them win. I can, I can, for a round or two, I can throw darts and not really try, but I'm too competitive to just let anyone win, <laughs> let alone a date or anyone else. Like, nope. Yeah, no, I've, I've played fucking square. Street Fighter with you. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. did it go? Yeah, it didn't go very well because you know all the fucking moves and I don't. Nerd. It's not fair. Right here. It's cheating. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's step off from that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I want to step off and have you heard? I don't know if anybody knows football, but the Kareem Hunt. Did you hear about that? Yes. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs, what, second year running back? Been tearing it up since last season? Yeah. An awesome running back. I don't. <sighs> and a woman beater. Yeah, I. I watched the video. I feel like it's not as bad as like the Ray Rice video. Ray Lewis? Ray Ray Rice. Ray Rice. Yeah. Ray Lewis was the one who got out of a murder charge. Yeah, okay. Go Ravens. Yeah, fucking uh, <laughs> Yeah, I saw that I you know, I do get it, but I don't think he should, you know, not play football anymore. Well, I I know Yeah. Uh, Look, look, there's, there's, there's a big part of me that agrees on one level because if you were, like, let's take your job, Boeing. God forbid that you were the type of person to do that. I'm sure there's plenty of them there. But let's just 
say that you did what Kareem Hunt did. Just like and lightly tap her with my foot. Well, let's just say exactly the video. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge what I saw because it, it didn't really look all that clear to me in the begin with. Yeah. But just based on what we saw, if you were to do that same thing and then Boeing fired you, that would be kinda shitty. Unless you actually spent like jail time or something, mm-hmm. then I could see it. But what happens in your personal life shouldn't necessarily happen in your professional career until you're in the public eye that much. And then that's where being a celebrity or a politician or a sports star or a musician or whatever, you, you really have to just live further above reproach than anyone else because people always take things the worst way possible. Anything wrong you do can come back and haunt you in the digital age. Yeah, fuck you, world. Kevin Hart. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, day after he was hired for it, based on tweets he had made a long time ago. I love Kevin Hart. Eh, You don't like him? him. No, he's okay. I think he's fucking hilarious. I I got it. I got into him before he got like really big, and then I saw him take off. I'm like, fuck. And that's great. Nothing against the guy for that. And when when I was reading the story and his version of the tweets and all that. I, I I kind of got his side just a little bit when he was saying, like, look, I've apologized for this stuff multiple times. I'm not going to do it again just because I was hired for the and, Oscars. And plus, he's a fucking comedian, for one. Yeah, but if you read the tweets, they're, they're pretty... And that was, like, what, 10 years ago? It was... From what I gathered in the article I read, it was, like, right before he took off. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate when people do that. They, like, look back to try to find something, and then it just ruins everybody's career. Yeah, and what what he said actually did kind of have an impact because he said, look, that happened 10, 11 years ago, and if you're going to stand here and tell me that you're not a different person than you were that long ago, then okay, at least we're on the same page, but I know that I've changed. Because didn't that happen that. to one of the directors on Marvel? Didn't they? Uh, uh, um, uh, Gunn. Not not Gunn. Um, yeah, th- yeah, yeah I was. think it was Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah, they fucking fired him Fire. because of something he said how many fucking years ago? Yeah, and... I and think DC picked him up now, though. I think that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he's doing Suicide Squad 2, yeah. which is, he's going to be very well suited for. Marvel's um, loss. It is Marvel's loss, but they're going to be just fine. Every director who hasn't done a Marvel movie is waiting in line. Even if they say they're not... They would do it in a second because the huge jump to their career, all the money, the almost guaranteed success of it, Mm -hmm. and the backing of a company like Disney for all the resources you need, you'd be able to make whatever movie you wanted. But, yeah. I I wish there was a sex scene in Suicide Squad 2 with, uh, what's her face? Margot Robbie? Yeah. Yeah. Just her and the Joker just going at it. Oh, that would be that would be like you know. <laughs> you don't even want to know. No. No. Gross. You would love it too. I don't. No. 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> um. what I want to finish up on on that previous thing is, here's what I would say about social media. When you use it or when you review someone's social media or something. Maybe maybe go with a statute of limitations mindset. If someone had some tweets 11 years ago that looked bad, but then everything since then has been cleaned up and better and maybe more positive, and it seems like Kevin Hart's genuinely been more like that lately than anything else. Yeah, he has. So maybe, maybe all that stuff that the Oscars were worried about that he's already apologized for, maybe that should just be under some kind of a statute of limitations where it's like, 
he didn't he didn't actually commit a crime he 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 has apologized for it like things have happened that make it a different situation why does that need yeah. to be held against him here's, now here's you know? my thought you know the whole I, I didn't read the tweet so it's something about like homosexuality right but there was a little bit ago where like a video came out or he was like accused of cheating on his wife or something like that and they gave him shit for that for a little bit and then that was the end of that but now, since they find like some homosexual thing, they're gonna jump right on it. No, and it's not. It's not because they found it. It's been circulating for a while. It's because he was hired for such a high-profile gig as the Oscars hosting, and then they were basically like, "Look, now that we've hired you and we've discovered this stuff that's already gone around the news, we want you to apologize for it again before you host this show." And he was like, "You know what? I've already done that. Yeah, and it's gonna be hollow if I do it again just to do this show. So I'm not gonna." do it and even though he's not anyone that i really follow or care about i really i i get his mentality for that i really do there comes a point when you're like you know what either you've accepted my apology and my new lifestyle and stance and all that or you don't but there comes a point when you just have to stop saying and feeling sorry about it you know and just move on and try and be better in the future yeah it's just like if you tweeted like something 10 years ago about like Oh, I wish the fucking gay guy sucked my dick or something like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna go back in your Twitter now and look for that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Days. I'm not gonna be like, oh fuck you, Jesse. I want you to say sorry to me because you were being, you know, an asshole back then. Right, but and this kind of ties back to last week's episode um, when we were talking about the Thanksgiving special with Charlie Brown and how they had the one black character on one side of the table and all yeah. the white kids on the other side. Now, now they're bringing up Rudolph too. Because right. of bullying. It's just so stupid. Well, and the bullying thing, the, I, I take that on a different level than racism as far as social justice goes. And with the Charlie Brown thing, my main point for, you know, we, at first glance, it seems innocent and stupid that people would be upset that there's a black kid on one side and all the other kids on the other. But then I was trying to point out that, like, if you're a black kid and you grow up and you're watching these shows and that's the only guy you see representing you in those shows... Yeah, there, there's a way that you would see that totally differently from a white male like myself, a white straight guy who doesn't face any of those same, you know, minority challenges in society. So I get it that there's going to be things that people get offended about or bothered yeah, but, by that I can't understand. Yeah, but think of it this way. I'm not racist, right? I might joke, I, I, I might joke about it, but when, when I watch Char Charlie Brown, I'm not even going to notice that. That's not going to be my thinking. So right. to me, I feel like that someone that's actually looking for it or like pointing it out, maybe they're the ones racist. But it's only not going to be you. Here's what I'm saying. It's not something that you think is a big deal because you're one of the people on the other side of the table. And that's what everyone's trying to point out. It's like it's not it's not that we're just arbitrarily choosing battles. It's that these are battles that we feel need to be fought. It's just that so many people don't have the same experience as us, so they don't understand why we want to fight it this hard or whatever. So, I mean, there, there's... It's done harm and good. I, I want to get to a place where people feel safe, no matter who they are in society. It's never going to be that way, because people are just always going to think that their opinion matters more than everyone else. Well, or... that's, that's the thing. I want people to be safe and feel safe, but I don't think that they should be unoffended. I think that offending people or saying saying things or, you know, just being honest and true or even a little abrasive sometimes, those are human rights. They're they're part of freedom of speech, they're part of our natural 
communication with other people. You can't get rid of that. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. I just think it's all stupid. And, you know, I think people are, <laughs> I feel like people are just like going back now and looking at all these classic movies or traditions and trying to like pinpoint something that's wrong now. All right. So let me ask you this. Have you ever, have you ever found yourself bothered or offended by something that other people didn't seem to understand why it bugged you? No, that's my whole point. I'm so laid back. I don't get offended. Yeah. Y- you can like, just call me a name. Say something. Nick. See? Fuck you, dude. I don't even care. That was the worst name I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I brought that up because Aaron, uh, the, the guy in our band, for those of you listening, uh, Aaron, he, he's very much the same as us. He doesn't get offended by much, but Aaron does have a couple buttons. Does that, he? I so, don't even know these buttons. Yeah, I want to know the buttons. I'm going to tell you. So... Uh, this is a guy who I frequently have to make apologies for in public because he's so rude and abrasive sometimes or just doesn't care. And it's endearing in a he's sense. He's the because, best. Yeah. He, he can just, he can be blunt. He can say what he wants to and that's it. He yeah. He can care. even piss me off sometimes. Right. Right. So, <laughs> okay. so that's the kind of guy we're talking about. And this guy still, if you say a dead baby joke around him, he will be oh. upset or he will leave. And... If you mention or try to get him to watch or quote or any form of bring up Freddy Got Fingered. Really? He movie. doesn't like that movie? No. He he said Daddy, that's would the you only... like some sausage? <laughs> <laughs> Yvette and I quote that part all the time. It's hilarious. But that movie, he said it's like... How do you phrase it? That's the only movie I've ever seen that legitimately offended me. That's, that's what he said. I don't, well, what is he getting offended about? I don't know. Maybe... We Maybe should he like, like seeing horses get jacked off we, by comedians. I don't that's know. Right. <laughs> or elephants. <laughs> I'm fucking, uh, Surprise, Daddy. We're in Pakistan. Fucking, <laughs> oh, dude. I'm going to text him too right now. No, no. We're doing a show. Yeah, no. We can, I can still talk. I just want to ask him what he got offended by. Or You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm just going to text message Freddie Got Fingered and see what he says back. <laughs> send him send him a gif or a quote from it at least. And that's right. I say gif. It's it's a, a, it's a G. It's not gif. It's not a hard J sound. Okay, there. It's what GIF. Is, what is the definition of a gif? It's a it's a graphics gen, or a general interface format or something like graphical interface format or it, it it's it's an acronym and the first word is graphics, which means g, which means not j, which means a gif, not gif. Yeah, I'm just saying. I Jiff don't, is peanut butter. <laughs> Jiffy. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. GIF. Yeah. GIF. Although I, I, I know when I see GIF, it's like a little video meme, correct? It's yeah, always yeah. something moving. It's like a little three-second looped thing or a one-second looped video thing, and they're they're very simple, but they they can be so hilarious if timed right. It's just I, I don't see how people bother debating that stuff, you know. Why, why does it matter if someone calls it GIF or JIF? You're wrong if you call it JIF, but at least I get to laugh at you for being wrong, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to correct you for that. Uh, what's, like, the most... What's the most stupidest movie that you like watching? Like, Freddy Got Fingered's, like, really stupid. The most stupidest... <laughs> yeah. The stupidest movie. Well, that one's up there because I still enjoy that one a lot. Um, let's see... 
I'm trying to think of mine. So um, I, th- there's a couple. There's a couple older comedies that I like that would fit that bell. I, I'm just gonna pick one that's one of my absolute favorites that probably qualifies as stupid humor. Uh, it's called Out Cold. Oh, I love that movie. It's great. Pig right? pen. Yep. Uh, it's Zach Galifianakis, uh, either Jeremy or Jason London. I can never remember which. Uh, AJ Cook, um, David Cockner, a whole bunch of really great people in it. And it's basically, it's a snowboarding comedy movie mixed with Casablanca. And that's what I've always loved about it. And they straight up reference and paraphrase Casablanca in there all the time. You know, it all adds up to one thing. You're getting on that plane. Blah, blah, blah. But like the pranks in that movie <laughs> and the uh, the... Oh, my favorite bit. So Zach's character gets his dick caught in the, the hot tub and stays there yes, all night. That, the janitor yes. dude has to get him out. <laughs> and then the the girl's uh, boyfriend comes into town. He's the doctor. And he's like, oh, so which one of you two or which one of you guys is the hot tub Casanova? And then David Cockner, the idiot janitor, is hilarious. Just points at him. He's like, that's him right there. <laughs> he call him that because he had himself up in it, you know? <laughs> Loving it strong. I just fucking, I love it when he's drunk oh. and they throw him in the car and they spin the car oh around. Oh, my God, and- yeah. But most of that movie is what most people would call dumb comedy. So I, I'd, I'd probably have to put that one up there as the one I'm most proud of and yet is still... I I always got pissed off like during that movie how uh Rick or whatever his name was was, yep. was so like like attached to that one fucking girl he met in Mexico but he didn't want the blonde one who but, was who was hotter and yeah. cooler and more fun I, and I know that one part of the movie where she like shows her boobs it's not, not her it, I know it's not her that's what I'm going to say I I know it wasn't really her cuz you can't even see her fucking face and that's the thing <laughs> and movies and TV shows do that all the time and sometimes it's more noticeable like there where in this scene they're they're doing a snowboard race and she's trying to distract a rival so she opens up her snowboarding coat and all you see is a bra and I but what they do is they take this beautiful hot woman, um, you know, who's a great actress and is playing this part, and they don't use her for that bit, and they cut off the scene so that you only see from the neck down, so it's obviously not her. And some movies are more subtle about that kind of stuff than others, but... <laughs> like, well, now it's gotten a lot better. You can almost see dicks now in this day and age. That would be great like for Game you. Like Game of Thrones, dude. Yeah, you're trying Fuck. really hard to get that going, aren't you? Uh, yeah, dude. I finally, I protested. I finally got what I wanted. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I started watching, I think I'm only up to like season three or four maybe. Ooh, yeah. That's when it really starts to get crazy and good. I haven't finished, but I do love the sex scenes in there. They're pretty good. <laughs> I The one part I hated is where <laughs> they like cut that guy's dick off, dude. That's horrible. Oh, Reek? Yeah, that's fucking horrible. Yeah, that whole season is is tough to watch when he's just, you know, when uh, uh, Ramsey is just torturing him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and the fucking sister comes and saves him when he doesn't even fucking go. I don't know what happens, like, later in the season. Yeah. I remember that one part. She said, fuck you, Dad. I'm going to go save him. Yep. And then he's like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, and that, I, th- I think that that was actually a really... And I'm going to say this because I haven't read the books, but if, if the books are similar to the show, then George R. R. Martin really did get do a good job of getting inside the kind of Stockholm Syndrome aspect of torture and prisonership, yeah. where you do genuinely, apparently start to form a bond and a connection with your your uh, captor, you know? And uh, so so there's really interesting dynamics there, but god damn, it's like, hard to watch. There's one thing... I. 
I was watching a movie the other night. It was called Into the Forest. It was on Netflix. It's about like, you know, these two girls had to live out on their own. Like the power went out for some reason. So it yep. started to be that lifestyle where you got to watch your back the whole time or someone can come to your house and steal your shit. Or, right. Um, the dad went to go cut a tree down with the chainsaw and somehow f the chainsaw fucking broke and he cut his leg and his dad died. So oh. they were surviving on their own. Oh, my God. And this one guy comes up through the driveway and it's just the girl cutting wood because the other sister went out to the woods to get berries and the guy like like starts to rape her. I couldn't watch it. I had to fucking fast forward through the fucking shit because yeah. that's wrong to me. Yeah. I, Same thing when I saw Last House on the Left, the remake. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get back into watching horror at all. And then I saw that movie when Aaron and his wife at the time were begging me to do it. And uh, they got to that really graphic rape scene and it made me physically ill. Oh, speaking of rape, you want to hear my joke now? Right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 So. So. Are you? Is this a joke that you're working on to actually do for stand up? I don't know, dude. I was listening. I don't know who, if you know who this is. Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. He's yeah, a comedian. He, he's I done a lot of roasts, actually. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. I was listening to him, and he's always had like the dark humor or the like. I don't give a shit. He's a comedian or whatever. Yeah. So I was trying to come up with this little joke because I was listening to him. So it goes like this. I'm gonna start off by like. Hey, Jesse, guess what? What? I had a lot of one-night stand last night, and you want to know how I know it was amazing? How? Because she couldn't even see it coming. <laughs> see? It's a fucking rape joke, dude. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I came up with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That's bad. Oh, dude. I don't know if I would ever use that one. Well, you just put it on the podcast. Well, so. I'm just saying. That's your joke now. <laughs> that, that's you. You have your name on that. Punk ass. Nick uh, Punk ass. And then I was, I don't know, you, you, you've never seen Dexter. I've loved Dexter. Yeah, I haven't watched Dexter. It's a TV series about a fucking I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know what the plot, okay. I know what the premise is. So yeah. the guy always tries to find bad guys to murder because he has to get it out of the system or Based whatever. Based on crime scenes that he's coming across yeah. and he only kills killers. And, and I started yeah. thinking about this the other night. I was thinking about what if there was like a couple watching, you know, Dexter every Sunday night, you know, on Showtime because that's when it came on. And they would always tell their kids to go do something else or go to bed because, you know, they can't watch it. And I started picturing like what if a kid was like sneaking around and actually watching the show and the parents didn't notice mm -hmm. and then they fucking walk into the kid's room and the kid has like his stuffed animals like lined up fucking like watching and then he has like a teddy bear s saran wrapped you know at the table like he would do in the tv show and he was like at recreating the scene in the movie so you're saying like what if a child saw that and started recreating it yeah and the parents come in and be like what are you doing and the little kid's like oh Mom, Dad, you don't know what this teddy bear did. He's fucking raping these other fucking teddy bear animals. And, you know, here's the teddy bear animals that he fucking raped. Now they're going to fucking watch me kill this teddy bear. I'm just trying to come up with something like that, but, like, in a funnier way. I don't know if there's a funny way to say what you just said because that sounds very disturbing. <laughs> That's my whole point. It would just Jesus. be funny, like, walking in and be like, what the fuck are you doing? That, that would be the darkest sketch comedy show of all time if you were doing... God maybe damn. maybe with this rape joke and Dexter thing, maybe I'll just be like a dark comic, you know Do what I mean? Do you have jokes that are non-rapey? Uh, nah, not at the moment, no. 
All right. Well, you you put yourself out there, and I don't want to be completely clean hands in things like this. So I'll give you one of my bits that I opened with the second ever time I did stand-up, and it fucking killed. And then I did it again when we were playing a show for, like, an audience of, like, ten people, and it killed the room. Like, no one laughed. So I've gotten mixed reviews on it, (laughs) but people seem to generally like it. It's offensive, but... I, it's a good bit, I feel. so. Okay, I'm ready. So I get up on stage and I go, all right, I'm new to stand-up comedy, and the first time I did it at Open Mic, I learned that if you're a male comedian, you have to tell a penis joke. So I've written a penis joke, I'm going to tell you, but luckily in my case, it's short. <laughs> and that joke is, uh, I am black from the waist down, and if you think that means I have a big penis, you're a racist. All that that means is that I stole these pants. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did see that one on the video. <laughs> yeah, I, I laughed at that one. I thought that was good. How'd you come up with that? That that was the first actual joke that I wrote after I decided that I wanted to force myself to do stand-up, at least at an open mic. So I sat around, and I what I was trying to do is I was looking at common phrases like black from the waist down, which is a douchey thing to say because all you're saying is, all black guys have big penises, and I'm a white guy who has one. Okay, have you ever seen a black guy not have a big penis? I, I don't look at him a whole lot. I'm just... I, okay, oh, okay, all right. I'm just okay. setting up the stereotype. And so what I was trying to do is I was looking for phrases like that and then trying to undermine the implied joke by giving it a different one. So instead of being like, I'm black from the waist down, meaning I have a big penis, that's where I want everyone's mind to go. And then I take it over here and make it like a racist joke really quick. And and I love doing that. It's kind of a subversion uh, tactic to where you want people to feel comfortable in your setup so that you can actually surprise them when you do a unique punchline. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought I <laughs> thought you were going for a dick joke too and then you turned it around and you said pants. Yeah, I was the, like the whole bit only works because you set it up as a penis joke the entire time beforehand and then right when you get there that's when you just give them the curveball. And when I wrote that, I was like, okay, I can open with this. That would be good. Now I just need four and a half more minutes of material. <laughs> and so I would just sit around. I use the notepad function on my phone because you can just kind of leave yourself notes. And I'll just, I have a, a page for jokes that are in progress. I have a page for completed ones. And then I have separate pages for each uh set that I've done where I organize the jokes and try and memorize them and then that way I also don't use it the same ones every week and stuff and it sounds like you're going to have a little more of a free form feel where you're going to be improvising more I want to take the route of like using past experiences or trying to come up with a stupid rape joke like like that like I did <laughs> um, yeah because I'm fans of you know like Dane Cook or you know Kevin Hart who'll his mostly all of his bits are like past experiences so he'll either like lie about the joke and come up with something or mm-hmm. he'll tell his story in like a funny way you know like about his dad saying how he'd wear sweatpants and he had a long dick so every time you would move you just see fucking like his sweatpants moving <laughs> and shit like that and Whereas he, my dad always wore sweatpants and since we're a family of white guys with tiny penises <laughs> i didn't even know that you could see a dick outline through sweatpants until I was seeing movies in my teens and shit. Oh. All right. So I want to try and do something. Wait, wait. Some... Real quick. Real yeah, quick. Real yeah. Quick. What, what, what? Sweatpants, by the way. I don't wear them. 
if you do buy a pair before the next time you go to a strip club, I hear that's the only way to truly get all the mileage out of your money for lap dancing. Dude, all right. Speaking of strip clubs, <laughs> there's this. Uh, here's a fun. Here's a fun fact. All right. If you're cute and look innocent and shy at a strip club, strippers will fucking just give you extra shit with no charge. How would you know? Because I know. <laughs> I know. No, they they do. And the other thing is they're fucking people. So if you talk to them like people and you just have fun, they're going to want to hook you up. As a bartender, I do the same thing. If you're cool to me and we're just hanging out, (laughs) I will hook you up sometimes. I remember I was getting a lap dance from this one, like, redhead chick. And she was, like, noticing I was shy or something. Sometimes I am shy, but then sometimes I'll just act it on purpose because they think it's cute or whatever. No, you think that they think it's cute. Meanwhile, they're going, why won't this guy just stop being (laughs) passive-aggressive? Whatever. Give me your 20 bucks. But anyways, after the end of the fucking dance, she, like, kissed me. I was like, like, oh, shit, what am I going to get now? I'm like, how many other dudes has she kissed? How many dicks has she sucked? For one, am I going to get herpes now? It's shit like that. <laughs> See, and if, if I got kissed by a stripper, the first thing I'd be thinking of is, well, shit, now how much is this lap dance going to cost me? <laughs> like, or I even, <laughs> I even had one stripper during a lap dance take my belt off with her mouth, like pull it all the way out, and then she put it around my neck and started choking me a little bit with my own belt. Yeah, right? Uh, how awesome is that, though? I think it's awesome. Awesome? Yeah. It sounds like she wanted to kill you. <laughs> I can't. When was the last time you were in a strip club? Uh, fucking since the last time we went, I think. Probably Aaron's bachelor party. And that would have been... That wasn't the time, though. This was like a deja vu in Seattle or something like right. that. Right. I'm just trying to remember. Because, yeah, I was living in Oregon. No, we all drove down there. Yeah, we all drove down to Oregon. And this was... This would have been in between the two times I lived there. So right around like... Bachelor 2012, 2013-ish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the last time I was at one also. <sighs> For one thing, in Washington State, you can't have liquor in those things. No, but if you sweet talk the strippers, they already have liquor in their drinks, and they'll let you drink some if you're nice to them. <laughs> How would I know? I don't know. Well, the only times I've been to a strip club since I was like 18 were in Oregon when I lived there or when I was taking guys down there. And every time... I was there. It was for a function. So there, I did two bachelor parties, and I went to a strip club once for a buddy's 21st birthday. Those were the only times I'd really been there since I was like 18, 19. And in those days, I kind of went frequently because I made decent money. I didn't have a lot of bills. And yeah. I, I genuinely thought that they liked you if hey. they were hanging out with you there. I didn't realize it was a hustle, you know? Hey, vet. Yeah. Do girls like to take it up the butt or no? I was just trying to get a girl's, you know, perspective of this. I think it's a personal preference. Oh, it's a personal preference? Okay, I thought it was just every girl like this. My bad. Okay. <laughs> okay, carry on. put her on the spot. Yep. I, uh, I texted Aaron this, right? I haven't got anything back because usually he's pretty much always on his phone. Are you reading texts on No. No, it's not a fucking text, but I sent him... I just want to show you the picture that he said, because we were talking about Freddie Got Fingered on the podcast. I sent him this picture right here. (laughs) Which is Freddie from the scene where they're in the the therapist office, and he he moves his finger just long enough to realize that he's about to accuse his dad (laughs) of fingering his brother. I sent Aaron (laughs) that exact picture, and I I have gotten nothing back yet. (laughs) 
Gee, I wonder why. Maybe what I'll do, I'll just start uh, downloading other pictures and I'll send them one of like Freddie jacking off the horse. <laughs> Not Freddie, Tom Green. Just, you know Gordy, what's crazy Gordy. to me about That's Tom Green? How he, he was married to Drew Barrymore, even though it didn't last long. Yeah. I want to know what that movie was made. I want to know what Drew Barrymore was fucking thinking for one. Dude, Tom Green is funny. Girls love funny guys. Yeah, but there's funny and there's like over the border fucking... I feel like Tom Green's like f- trying to be funny the whole time you're in a relationship with him. I, I, I would doubt it because I, I've, I've been known my whole life as being fairly funny whether I wanted to be or not. Like even when I'm trying to be serious, people usually find something funny in it. And there's a frustration of that to where when you're behind locked doors and people are have been laughing at you all day like you kind of need to recharge and realize like okay they're they're not trying to be dicks they're not trying to ignore that you're a real person it's just that this is what you're known for but meanwhile you're like will one fucking person take me seriously anyone and maybe she was that or maybe she was every bit as crazy as him and having fun and they just had a wild you know nice fun fling marriage, and let me it ended it Pretty quickly, didn't it? Speaking, yeah, it did. Speaking of Drew Mar- Barry, 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 Barry Moore. Yeah. If you could Matt be, <laughs> <laughs> if I could oh, be, oh fucking Matt Damon, a unicorn uh, man. <laughs> fucking, if you could have a one night stand with one actress, who would it be? A one night stand with yeah. an actress? Yeah. If you had like. Like, if there was one wish you could have a one-night stand with one of your actress crushes, who would it be? I already know mine. You already know yours. Yeah. And so are we just talking like it's just for that night? Yeah. Okay. Just like a dream night. Just a dream night with the actress you've always had a crush on. I mean, it's... it's there's plenty of actresses I like for different reasons. There's plenty I find hot or beautiful or whatever in different ways. But if we're just going with one night... Nothing else after that. Bare bones. That's it. I'd have to go with Scarlett Johansson. Ooh, that's a good one. I I, I would just have to. Yeah. Not that that would ever happen, but I mean, if, if I had, you know, some relationships have those free pass. If my girlfriend gave yeah. me a free pass, it would have to be for her because a it would never happen, and b I'd have to get a high five if I ever did make that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's yours? Mine would be. It doesn't even matter how old she gets. It would be Jennifer Aniston. All right, all that, right. That's always been mine. She, yeah, and she's she is a great actress. She she's an underrated comedic actress. I feel because she's so beautiful. Yeah, she's always in like the Adam Sandler movies. Well, recently. Yeah, and then you've got her in like Office Space. She's yep. amazing in that. And Friends, I love watching Friends. She did Friends well. Um, Despite We're the Millers or Meet the Millers. Yep. that one is. Oh yeah, that little fucking scene. The striptease yeah. scene, which is great, and that's obviously like it was amazing to see her at her age just looking that good and everything. But like, what was Brad Pitt thinking? Like, why would you divorce that for one? And I mean. I do think Angelina Jolie's hot. I don't even think they're together anymore, I don't think. They're not. But, yeah. like, here's the thing with a guy like Brad Pitt. That's a man who could literally have any woman on the planet. If he walked in to my parents' house and told my stepdad that he wanted my mom, <laughs> he he would just give it up. That That's that's what would happen. Dude, Brad Pitt would you're, be the fucking Cortez of ladies. He could walk in and take it. So when you have that power, when you can bang anyone, 
you do genuinely get the opportunity to suddenly okay. look for would personality. You, would you bang Brad Pitt? Uh, well, I mean, I'm actually, not gay. You, you know what? I would bang him with you. I'm not gay, but <laughs> that's a guy that I can tell you as a completely straight man. He is he is a gorgeous man. He is just like he's a stunning specimen physically. He is an amazing actor. He's also very funny, and like his performance in Inglorious Bastards was incredible. Yeah, so good. And uh, you know I've loved all his movies and stuff. I'm not gay, but I mean I think if I had a couple drinks and <laughs> some pot, I could at least make out with him. <laughs> I, I've I've kissed dudes uh, for less than that, and they did not look you? like Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? Back in the day when I was you know a teenager and like really close with my best friend at the time. Yeah. We, we used to have like masturbation competitions. What? Have you, you've never done that? No. You see who can like fucking come first and win? No. When you're a dude, the race is the opposite direction. You never want to be first. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're playing toast. Toast? What's yeah. toast? <laughs> you don't know what toast is? No. This is one of those disgusting things that I hope has never happened, but everyone's joked about. So you get a group of guys together, and they're standing in a circle, and there's a piece of toast in the middle, and you all have a little race, you know, hand crank style, and whoever the last guy is to bust on the toast has to eat it. <laughs> that, like, brings me back of, like, you Oogie know... Cookie, many other names, too. I, you know how, like, people would be like, oh, watch this video, blah, 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 like, there was, like, like two, two girls, girls, one cup. cup. Yep. There's this one, it was called, like, the cum omelet. I don't know if you oh. ever saw it. Have you nope. heard about it? Nope. Anyways, I was like, it was like a guy at work. He's like, yeah, fucking try to watch it. I found it and I tried to watch it, dude. It's just so gross. It's just oh. like a a girl getting a bunch of guys to come like in this like measuring cup. And then she like fucking cooks the cum like an omelet and eats it, dude. It was so gross. Oh. Yeah, it was so what? gross. Yeah. She cooks it? Yeah, she cooks it. It's so gross, dude. Ugh. Now I'm fucking Oh, my there. God. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah, I could I could never even finish watching Two Girls One Cup. I, I I've got to be honest, I've never seen it. I from context, I know what happens and I know how bad it is. You're not gonna make me watch it. I'm never gonna see it. Yeah, yeah. I got to the part where she like, it looks like she's shitting in the cup, but like it looks like ice cream coming out, dude. I don't know. I didn't. Ugh. Yeah. All right, we're gonna just blow right past that, but not too far because it reminded me uh, I have this really good friend, Sky, one of my best friends, known her for like 16 years now. She I've met her a hair. couple times. She's great, super funny. When I met her, we were both working at Papa John's as delivery drivers at like age 19, you know, and uh, so she'd have these uh, house parties out at her place in Arlington every now and then. And uh, we're talking, you know, 100-plus people, keg, that kind of stuff. I've always wanted to go to those parties. They were great. I was never and, invited. Um, I wouldn't have invited you. I know. <laughs> um, but she she had this ongoing collection of, like, the funniest porns that you could find on VHS in those days. Like, um, she had one called She's My Brother, and it's a porn. And there's, like, three different things that are wrong with that in three words of the title. Um and then another one was like 87 and still banging. And so she'd have these wild parties owning these really ridiculous and disgusting porn tapes. And they would just be playing in the background during this raging kegger. Seriously? Yeah, and people would stop in the living room and kind of watch for a few minutes and crack up <laughs> laughing. And then they'd walk away and like 
obviously no one was getting into it, I hope. But like that's a pretty cool like party favor just to have that in the background. <laughs> well, and when when I first joined the band with Aaron uh in the resonance days, like and his brother Steve was there and Jeremy, our bass player at the time, when we would do practices we would actually have like Girls Gone Wild playing in the background during practice. Oh, I we remember those TV commercials. Yeah, but we'd have, we, we lived in a place that was, there was some foot traffic and people we knew. So when we were practicing, you could hear it outside and people would just like come in and watch practices and there would just be like Girls Gone Wild playing on in the background. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really going anywhere with that, but I just kind of remembered it. Girls Gone Wild. That's not even around anymore. It, the internet ruined everything. You don't even have to buy videos anymore. Well, I mean, it's not ruining it because they're still making new stuff. It's just they have to adjust their fee structure and how they get subscriptions and stuff like that. It's the same thing news articles it's just, are doing. I feel like it, it's a little bit better if you want to be discreet about it, but thinking back then when there wasn't really internet and like some guy had to go walk into a porn star <laughs> and then fucking come out, oh, hey, I'm not doing nothing. Or you'd go to that go. one room at like the back of either a video store or a CD gas station and there'd be beads. And yes, you could see I always... On the- on the covers, but you couldn't actually get in there to see the movies. I always your mom wanted, was to, yeah, I always wanted to go in there and be like, oh, I can't do it. Right, my and parents like, are around. And I'm thinking about it now. And granted, I'm in my mid 30s in 2018, where everything's changed. But if I was this age back then in those days, I don't think I ever would have watched porn. I think there would have been way too much nerves and shame attached to it for me to ever bother going in there unless it was like with four buddies and we'd been drinking and it was a dare kind of thing, you know. I never, I probably never would have saw porn if it hadn't eventually come to streaming services. (laughs) Do you remember seeing like your first naked chick or like porn magazine? I do. Do you? Oh, fuck. I don't. I don't know. Well, while you're thinking of it, yeah, I'll tell you my story. I want to hear it. I Were you just setting me up so you wouldn't have to talk for a minute? No, I was just... I just thought of that, and I was trying to think of... You're a dick. ...when I fucking re- saw my first <laughs> fucking thing. Uh, well, I'll humor you. Um, so, I lived in kind of a woody area uh, in Snohomish County, sorry, um, outside of Marysville up on Fire Trail. And uh, lots of forest and stuff like that up there. And I would go riding bikes and rollerblading and playing street hockey and soccer with my buddies all the time. So we we were going down one day to my friend Danny's house. And right along the side of the road, we found this, like, stack of obviously weathered old porn magazines that, you know, pages were stuck together because of the rain <laughs> and stuff. I hope it was because yeah. of the rain. Um, but we found these there. And so, like... We left it at first. We looked at them. We looked at them, and it was like, oh, my God, those are what boobs really look like? <laughs> yeah. Like, There's no... Is that really a vagina? Like, it was so foreign to me, I, I didn't realize that's what I was looking at at first, you know? And um, so we left him there, and we went on to Danny's, and we told him, and he's like, oh, cool, let's go get him. So we went with, like, a shoebox, and we got him, and we kept him at Danny's house. Uh-huh. And, like, we wouldn't ever usually look at him. Like, it, it was it was an afterthought. We just... I think we just collected it to have it because they were the first ones we saw. Yeah. We we never looked at them. I, I remember one night we, we opened up the shoebox because we thought it might be dry. And this is how young we were. One of uh, Adam Sandler's comedy CDs had just come out. Oh, I, we I love those. It. They're great. Yeah. And, but, like... It They're was all going to laugh ago. at you. Right. But that was a long time ago, so that tells you how long ago this <laughs> happened. And, you know, we were kids listening to Adam Sandler, which my mom never would have approved of in those days. 
and looking at these, you know, you, you have you have a section of paper that's like four inches across and five down, and it's torn and it's water damaged and slightly the wrong color, mm-hmm. but you can see a couple boobs, <laughs> and so you know you're looking and you're kind of piecing it all together, and yeah, so that is weird. But I hear a lot of similar stories, so I'm well, assuming I can't. One too. I can't remember like the first time I saw like my first porn or porn magazine, but. I, I did connect with when you said it like looked foreign to you when you were looking at it. Yeah. I remember kind of looking like, oh, this is what it looks like, really? Right. But I remember when I had my best friend come up and live with me from Arizona, you know, like during the high school years, because my parents said he'd take him in because he was getting in trouble down there. So. Yep. Uh, but when he came up here, he had like this really old suitcase and like there was like a secret compartment where you can like like pull it out and like stash stuff in there and then push you it back weed in. in there. Yeah, you can put your weed in there, dude. <laughs> but he had a bunch of like porn magazines he got from like his uncle, like Playboys or something. Granted, we're like 15, 16 years old, so we already know what everything is. We just wanted like jack off material. Yeah. So he comes up there and we're, he's living with us for a while. And I remember like waking up in the morning, you know, we had an upstairs and downstairs, you know, it was a living room, fireplace, like kitchen. And I'm still kind of groggy, and I'm, like, walking downstairs in the morning, and the, my mom's starting to fire. And I walked down, and I was like, oh, hey, Mom. She's all, hey. She's all, yeah, we were having a funeral. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? And fucking, she found all the fucking porn magazines, yeah. dude. And she's <laughs> fucking burning them in the fireplace. Oh. I'm like, oh, dude. That's great. I just, I think about it now, and I just think it's funny how she said we're having a funeral. I was just going to say, props to your mom for giving giving you that news in the funniest way possible. <laughs> I can- so my mom has a similar a similar story, or rather one because of my mom, but it wasn't about nudie mags. Uh, so as I've mentioned, my mom was very strict Christian growing up. She's, she's loosened a lot. She's still very much a believer, but she, she I think she's come to accept that not all actions that seem bad are intended bad and whatnot. Regardless, we... Uh, so we'd gone back and forth. This was about sixth, seventh grade, and magic cards had just come out. And I had a couple buddies who were getting into them. And uh, I really wanted to do it, but just like the Smurfs and so many other innocent things before them, my mom deemed them evil, you know? Really? In those days, she was basically the mom from the water boy. Yeah, so she's the devil. So she thought the magic cards were like a demon type. She thought there was kind, actual kind, magic being used or like something. Like a Ouija board or something? Yeah, or type. Even, even failing that, she, she felt that the fact that it was glorifying the use of such things made it bad enough, you know, that... There was no chance I was going to ever get my hands on those. So what do I do as a child of divorce my whole life? <laughs> I ask dad <laughs> because dad lets me watch scary movies and yeah. w- whatever else. And so on a birthday one year, I think it was sixth or seventh grade, he bought me like a starter deck and a couple other things. And I, I was just excited to have some cards. And I thought that I kept it under wraps and kept them hidden pretty well. But a couple days later, I came home from school, I believe, and uh, my mom had them, and she was confronting me about it. Oh. And I was like, Mom, Did she were... go through your room or some shit? Well, she always did. She, uh, she was a very clean person, but yeah. I think it was also a way to keep tabs on us. And to be honest, she had reasons, too. I, I was genuinely getting caught doing stuff, so... Yeah. It, but it, it's hard to kind of feel a sense of privacy and self when 
you know that none of your stuff is like truly private. So anyway, um, so she found these cards and it wasn't cheap. We're talking first edition magic cards and starter decks and stuff like that in those days. You yeah. were spending, my dad spent a hundred dollars. Probably, how old were you when you got into it? This would have been like 12, 13. I probably, cause you know, you're a little bit older than me, but when I was like around eight, nine, 10, 10 ish or whatever i was getting into like pokemon cards kind of different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i so missed, I, I understand missed out on pokemon cards yeah. until later in life when uh, mark the guy from the league yeah he showed them to me and i it's a genuinely fun game too i don't collect them but it was fun but so my mom found these magic cards and i i was just begging her i was like mom these were a birthday present they're not evil all my friends play them yeah it's it's innocent can i please just you know be fine with this and not only was she not going to back down from that, but she made me be the one to burn them. No. Yes. So That's I, even worse. Yeah, I had to stand there <laughs> and burn my own birthday present. And look, to be fair to my mom, it couldn't have been easy to raise us the way that she was trying to do and all that stuff. And she really did the best she thought she could. I'm not going to hold any of that against her. Yeah. But... It makes for kind of a funny story now, so I'm not just going to pretend it didn't happen either. You know, it'd be funny to be like, one night, hey, mom, you want to play cards and bring over a deck of magic cards? Well, my brother Jared just got into them recently, and we, when he came up to visit from Arizona, we played them right in front of her. She doesn't care anymore. She genuinely Yeah, doesn't. isn't it funny? Because, you know, my mom was kind of strict back then, too. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything by myself. Right. And it was always shitty. Now, my mom's like the most laid-back fucking person, and it's like weird to me. It is. And I mean, it's cool, but I think that's what happens to all of us when we hit older age. I mean, I, I'm a lot less hot-headed and... and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, impetuous than I used to be. Like, I, I used to be very spontaneous and very spur of the moment. Whatever sounded good was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten a lot more considered in my approach to many things just from being older and more experienced. So I, I get it. But she still did that. And she was the type... She she found a copy of Killer Instinct. I, I found oh, a copy I of love that game. KI on Nintendo 64. Also a birthday present. $60, $70. She <laughs> found it, busted it. That she didn't make me burn that one. She just, like, stomped on it and threw it away. Yeah. I'd only had it for a week. And then I had friends who had video games and TVs and other shit she didn't want me to do. So if she let me go to a friend's house, every time it would be like, don't play Mortal Kombat, I'm going to check on you or something. You know, like, she, she, <laughs> she was trying to keep me with good morals, but all she taught me to do was try and be sneaky. Mm -hmm. And even then it never worked because somehow, like, every fucking mother on earth she always had a way to find out what i was doing isn't that crazy always they, they always fucking find out something yeah i'm a beginning fucking... to think that she can like uh what's the word in game of thrones uh warg or whatever into like animals to mm -hmm. follow me around and maybe i just missed the rat running behind my I, bike i always something. had to like buy the edited version fucking cds because i was never able to listen to cuss words or anything Ooh. like that now like imagine i'm like tw i think i was 13 years old and, you know, I was just getting into, like, it, you know, I was getting into Blink-182, which made me direct to, like, other different music genres. Yep. So, like, I was getting into, like, the new metal stuff, like Papa Roach or, like, Korn okay. and shit like that. Now, just imagine having to buy, like, an edited version of, like, the Limp Biscuit record. I don't have to. I've had to do that kind of stuff before many times. And it was the, oh, it was the album where... He would say, like, fuck a bunch of times in that song. 
uh, break stuff? Uh, it was one of those songs, but like, if you buy one of those fucking CDs edited, like every other word gets fucking bleeped out, and it just ruins the whole song. It does, but on the positive side, it cuts. It effectively cuts in half the amount of words you have to endure hearing <laughs> Fred Durst sing. I like. <laughs> I like Limbiscuit. I you know. I grew up on listening to him, so... Okay, what was the first... Not not record or tape or anything, but the first CD that you owned? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, fucking, like, as a kid, I kind of remember... Oh, dude, this is embarrassing. I remember. <laughs> I remember my dad took me to the fucking record store, and the kind of one that I remember buying was the Aqua CD. Aqua's in Barbie Girl? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I bought. I remember buying Aqua. I remember getting Marcy Playground. Okay, that that's a mitigating one. That's I think decent. I bought Chumbawamba once. Chumbawamba. Yeah. I get knocked down. And then I remember, <laughs> like, my dad having to like drive me places, and I'd play like the Aqua CD. And now that I'm older, thinking about it, like, what what he was thinking, having him listening to that record, dude. Fuck, I hate my kid. That's what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you remember back then where you would get that thing in the mail and it would be like, get six CDs for the price of one. I used to do that. I did too. And not pay for Columbia it. Columbia House or yes, whatever. that yep. is, yeah. So that's how I got all my unedited fucking records, like Blink-182, Corn, <laughs> Follow the Leader. I got it through there. I did the same thing. It, it did kind of... I got a somewhat funny story out of the deal. Um, so in the first batch that I got, this would have been junior high for me. So I don't know, 97 or so. And uh, I got like 12 of them with their intro special for like a dollar. And I never paid that dollar. But I got 12 of them. And one of them was uh, the first album by Third Eye Blind, who were huge at the time. And all I had ever heard when I got the record, like before I actually received it, I'd only heard the radio versions of, like, Semi-Charm Life and Jumper. Mm -hmm. The radio-edited versions of those songs are fine. The unedited album versions of those and every other song they do are very different. Is there, <laughs> is there like, is there cuss words in the yeah, song? Yeah, and the best part is, so I, they'd come to pick me up at a buddy's house, and my mom had just gotten a new van that had a CD player in it. So I was like, hey, mom, I got these new CDs. Do you want to put this one on? I'm totally bluffing. Don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling her, like, no, all the lyrics are fine because all I've heard on the radio is edited lyrics. Mm -hmm. So she puts on uh, the first song by third eye blind from that record and it does the little music thing and the very first line they sing is i remember when you and me used to spend the whole goddamn day in oh bed. so Click. damn cd came right back no, out <laughs> i didn't even hear the line by the time she had ejected it i had to go and listen to it later isn't that crazy your mom picked the record up because you said damn well, either that or... Uh, for her, it wasn't damn. It was goddamn. Oh, that okay. I get it. Okay, goddamn. And, and like, plus, now, like, on TV, there's, like, sex or there's fucking, like, saying shit fuck maybe right. every now and then. Yep. It's just crazy how the times has changed. Yeah. So there was the goddamn, but then it was also spending the whole day in bed. So in one line, they basically threw, like, three different aspects of life that she didn't want me to be exposed to <laughs> in, in one song lyric at the beginning of the first song. It was the fastest anyone's ever taken a CD uh, out of a dude. CD player I've we ever should, seen. We should contact their eye blind and be like, look what you did. No, Your, your first line of the song. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> the, the thing is, 
They they are good. I I like their ad line. I've always thought they were underrated because they had very catchy songs that were played on the radio, but they have so much good material deeper in the albums for the yeah. Blue Record and that first one. Um, like on that first CD, uh, my two favorite songs never got radio play, and they were um, Motorcycle Drive-By and The I've, Background. I probably heard them. I just don't know them. They're, right they're the really good. Both songs start kind of slow and then kind of have a really big like breakdown, mm-hmm. heavy part towards the end. Very, very powerful songs. Very good. Um, the Background especially is just a good one where the singer, you know, he's taking you through a situation where if you don't live in New York... You don't necessarily know exactly what he means, but he's describing it so well and so not trying to be flowery about the language, just like being raw and real, that it was refreshing. Like, I know exactly what this guy's talking about. I'm yeah. going to have to try and interpret it. And then, I know what he means. <laughs> and then because, you know, I had an older brother, I he he was into like the gangster rap shit, like NWA. Wade Snoop, was? Yeah. All right. Always. So I, I remember... When I was around him, I get to hear some kind of, you know, cuss words and shit like that. And for the longest time when I was growing up, my mom would never want me to hang out with him, like, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember, I don't know how I found it. I don't know if my mom just had it, like, in a box or storage because, you know, he wasn't living with us anymore. But I found his Easy e cassette tape. And it had one of my favorite songs on there, and it still is to this day. It's called Merry Motherfucking Christmas by Eazy-E. Oh, I, I, I haven't heard that one. You haven't heard that no. one? Oh, dude. We, is that your favorite Christmas song? Yeah, it is. It's like the most gangsters Compton fucking Christmas song you can ever fucking think of. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Yvette showed me one I hadn't heard of last year around Christmas time that uh, Corey Taylor did, actually. So I set up a Christmas playlist of all these alternative oh, do Christmas you? songs. So it's called uh, it's called XM at sign dollar yep. sign by Corey Taylor. Super good. Um, Blink-182 won't be home for Christmas. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I always love the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas Eve Sarajevo. Uh, but my favorite, this might surprise you, my favorite Christmas song of all time, still to this day, is the very first... It's it's Mariah Carey, isn't it? No, no. It's the first song, <laughs> and it's the first version out of two versions on the same record done of Little Drummer Boy by Jars of Clay. So they do a five-song like Christmas EP where they do Drummer Boy, which is amazing. That version of that song is so good. And then they do a couple of their other songs, and then they do a remix of Drummer Boy. It's mm-hmm. not the remix. That version's okay, but nothing special. But that first one... God, that that must have come out twenty some years ago, maybe, and it's still, still my favorite Christmas well, song. Besides that, time. what's your favorite Christmas song? Like just, just like old past Christmas song? Because mine's "Baby, It's Cold Outside." I is that the one that has raised the big stink? Lately? Yeah, yeah, and fuck that, they're being retarded again because the chick says, you know. What what did you put in my drink or what's in this drink or something? Mm-hmm. So now people are trying to say, are oh, the guys like roofing or something? Or, yeah, or a- can't they look at it and be like, oh, what kind of alcohol did you put in here? Right, you- and that, that's what it is. Like, I mean, every time, every time I've seen something like that where it's clearly meant to be innocent, but they're taking it the wrong way, that's when I start to be like, come on, you guys, just just stop. 
you know, you're, you're going too far. I, I don't know firsthand if that's how that song goes plays out or whatever, but if that's the exact line where it's like, yeah, you know, what did you put in this drink? I that, think I think what's in this drink or something What's like in this drink? Yeah. yeah. Um, I get asked that question like a thousand times a day at work. Yeah. If I make drinks for someone at home, usually they'll ask. Like, that, that's a very it's, innocent, basic question. This world's just becoming a... Maybe not the world. It's America that's just turning into a pansy, I think. I don't know. Everyone's getting so uptight and so butthurt. It's just ridiculous. Well... These that, mo- that's these, why I like these to- millennial kids would never be able to survive like in the 80s or the early 90s or even the fucking 70s. See, and that that's that's why this show and the format we decided on appealed to me so much, is because there, there's a half of me that totally agrees with wanting to shut down things that are like offensive in such ways that it could be damaging to people. There's yeah. plenty of that stuff out there. I always want to be there on that, and there's part of me that always understands why people might be upset about something and I try to have empathy for that but there's also a part of me that recognizes that art takes many forms and doesn't always have to be non-offensive yeah and that people's sensibilities are not always going to be equal so just because that bugs one person if it doesn't bug 99,999 other people uh-huh. out of 100,000 uh then that's meaningless. That one person's sensibilities telling them to be offended over something in that context doesn't give them any power to change the situation, nor should it. I want people to get offended because I want them to say a comment or say something and then we can, you know, discuss it over the podcast. Right, and that's that's what I was <laughs> going to kind of get to when I was bringing all that up about our format is like there, there's points that we make here that are serious and real that I I really think need to be made. There's topics that are going to be serious, and we'll talk about them seriously over stretches of time. But I think as a society, we have started taking ourselves way too seriously and forget to stop and laugh. And so the fact that you or even sometimes myself will come in and completely derail a serious topic Mm -hmm. with a stupid comment or something. Or like a rape joke. Well, and that that's very dangerous ground. You're not going to hear me telling any rape jokes. Well, here's the thing. They know, like, I'm trying to be funny. Like, if they were out seeing a comedian, they'd fucking laugh. Because yes. they, they know they're joking. I'm joking. And there's a precedent for that. One yeah. of my favorite comedians is Jimmy Carr. And uh, he is by far the most offensive comedian I've ever heard. And all of his jokes are Yeah, about, isn't he, like, from London or something? Yeah, he's yeah, a British yeah. guy. Very proper-sounding speech voice. And all of his jokes are kind of like one-liners where he'll give you a quick sentence setup and then a punchline that's really, really messed up. And, you know, he does a bit in one of his stand-up routines where he says, okay, I want to find out what will offend you guys. So I'm going to start off with a joke I don't feel is offensive, and we're going to scale, scale him up until I finally start hearing people not laugh and boo. And So he would, he would do this, and he would say some of the most messed up stuff, and you would still hear people laugh and then slowly transition into like, oh, or oh, you know, yeah. like a groan. And so th- there, there has to be room to joke about pretty much anything to an extent because I genuinely feel that is how we heal about stuff. When my dad died in 2013, that was very very strange for me and it's taken a long time and i'm still not you'll never be fully over that kind of so thing. but if oh, i hold on hold on i just want to finish this thought and then interrupt me that happening totally changed my sense of humor and gave it an edge that i didn't have before so i tell messed up dead dad jokes 
but it helps me heal from that process. It helps distance it a little bit. So if I were to come up with like a dead dad joke, you wouldn't get hurt? Hell no. Oh, okay. I'm going to come up with one next podcast. Go for it. If you can top any of mine, <laughs> like I, I've told plenty... <laughs> I, I do a bit where I'm I'm kind of using his death as a setup for another joke to talk about vaping. Yeah. And uh, so so the bit I'm talking about, like, so my dad died in 2013 from lung cancer. He smoked, you know, one to two packs a day for 30 years. And so that gave me a wake-up call to stop smoking cigarettes myself. So I tried a few things, and eventually vaping has helped stay off cigarettes. And uh, despite its very douchebag persona... Yeah, people There's say, benefits to it, you know, like I smell better, I have better lung capacity, I can sing better, and it pays for itself with all the money I save on condoms. <laughs> <What the fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that is a good one. I, you know, I was watching like a YouTube clip, and I do want to do this eventually when hopefully we'll, we'll get followers or whatever. Maybe. Um not maybe we will. We are gonna Ryan get, Reynolds. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, we do. We gotta do that. Maybe we, we set maybe, that up in episode one. We, we set do. it up at the end of the show that we want to try and somehow get Ryan Reynolds to engage us on this and, show. And this is this is like a weekend podcast, so this was kind of like a more like a just out of pocket fun podcast. Right. But I was watching because Macaulay Culkin, you know, Home Alone person, has a uh, podcast as well. It seems like everyone's doing it, but you know, whatever. Apparently, he's going to legally change his middle name, and they narrowed it down to like four different names, but the his followers get to choose which ones mm. they get to do. So like one of them was like Macaulay Culkin, so his middle name would be Macaulay Culkin legally. So it'd be Macaulay, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin, yeah. <laughs> so like, like funny shit like that. And if we get enough followers, I want to do the same thing. I'll legally change my middle name to whatever, you know, the viewers come up with. Cool. Then, I mean, I like the idea, yeah. but I think maybe we should not do exactly what they did and think right. of something else. I, yeah, I, I kind of want to do that. And there's other shit I want to do as well. I'd be like, in. Yeah, I want to engage people if they actually care to listen to us. Like, I've heard shit, like, on the radio or maybe different podcasts where, you know, they went on a date and it didn't go very well and they want to know why. So they'll have, like, the radio station call that person. And then, right. yes, I would love to do shit like that as well. Yeah, and it's difficult to do in a non-live format like this mm -hmm. because we don't record at the same time every week. It's not live. We don't know if anyone's ever going to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. But if, if we get to a spot where we're starting to do it, you know, consistently and in a more scheduled manner, then yeah, I'd, yeah I'm I mean, totally so there's, down to there's check funny, stuff like funny that There's funny shit like that, you know, I want to do. So hopefully, you know, we'll I'll finish, you know, a better picture of us for you know this podcast and throw it up on our YouTube channel that we Since have. Since I now. can't seem to draw us as cartoons to save my fucking yeah, life, this is right what now. I'm going to do. I'm just going to cut out our faces and then I'm going to find like little stick figures on the internet and just have our heads on st All right, stick well, figures. Give me, give me like the rest of this weekend to try and get you a usable cartoon. Um, because I'd really like to do that. I, I want our image, especially since we're not doing video at the beginning of this podcast. Like, eventually I'd like to get, like, yeah. Joe Rogan where we're doing yeah, video. Yeah, I was listening, and I guess, you know, it's really not in unless you're videotaping your podcast. Because people like to watch you well, do your podcast. But some people just like to listen still. And it's okay to start off like that, I feel. But eventually I'd like to get to a spot where we're not only doing video, but also able to do it live. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to, you know, once we get the desk in here and, uh, you know, the Christmas tree down and kind of get things in a more permanent spot, 
we'll get there, but this is still very much a work in progress. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I do have to tell you that we are pretty much out of time because yes, I'm going to have to boogie to work. You have to fucking go be a bitch tender. I mean, bartender. I have to go serve the drinks. Yes, the you do. Yes. So, all right, man, let's end it. Well, we will definitely end it. Um, was there anything else you wanted to uh, get off your chest before we bail? Uh, maybe just, you know, fuck off and suck my dick. That's all I got to say. That, uh, what, what part of the Bible did that come out of? That came out of verse of Joseph uh, 69, page 420. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Whatever. everyone, hey, if you guys have been sticking around for not only the last one but this episode, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you have been listening to Cheeky Shenanigans. Shenanigans. My name is Jesse, or Random Hero. My name's Nick, and I love you, punk ass, a.k.a. just shut up and let's end it. My name is Nick, and I'm a dumbass. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. You remember when I actually met a guy in my bar whose legal name Oh, yeah, I remember that. Matt Damon Person. Yeah. His last name's Person. I, I remember that. Yeah, amazing. We should post that on our website. What I'll we do, yeah, it. I'll make sure that uh, I've got any of the details on his ID blocked out because I did take a picture yeah. of his license. And uh, I'll, I'll, like, tweet it out or post it or something and get it out there because it's so it's so funny. It was such a unique and yet funny name. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so to all you guys, including Matt Damon person out there, uh, we are going to get out of here. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Have a good night, day, and sex, nooner, really butt sex, okay day. blowjob, whatever. Don't have a bad day, but yeah. if you have a great one, just don't be smug about it. Have a have a rapish day, everyone. No. No. We're out. And shenanigans <laughs> on that. No. You can make jokes about it, but I'm going to stop uh, the line at making that a benediction. Okay, fine, fine. We can't use rapish day. I'll leave that one out from now on. Yeah, how about a consensual day? Okay. Have a homosexual day, everyone. No. Oh, sorry. Have a consensual day. Have a consensual fact, you know day. I, I like that all around. I, I think I'm going to say that and just kind of weird people out a little bit. Hey, have a consensual day. Hope everything goes exactly the way you approve of. All right, ready? One, two, three. We're out. We're out. Kiki Shenanigans.